Down Syndrome Radio, uh, episode number four. Uh, it is June 26, 2012. I'm Mark Owens, here with my co-host Jason. Hey, what's going on? And our special guest, we'll tell you about in a second. And uh, we're here to talk about parenting children with Down Syndrome. What do you say, Jason? Let's do it. All right, tell us about your special guest. Well, our special guest is my uh, friend, Dan Moreno. He is the father of Dexter's good buddy Milo, who is, I guess, well, I'll just kick it off to Dan and let, let him tell you about all about Milo. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, so as Jason mentioned, um, my wife and I um, have a little boy named Milo. He's 18 months old, and uh, he's our one and only at this point, and we received a diagnosis of trisomy 21. Um, about a week after he was born, um, or at least the, the confirmed diagnosis from the karyotype. And uh, so now we're, uh, we're walking that uh, road that we didn't expect to be walking, but we're happy to be doing it with Jason and Colette and Dexter and Eloise. Well, that's fantastic. So you guys are playgroup buddies. Yeah. Um, Dexter and Milo both have the same early intervention teacher, Aaron Grettenberger. And uh, she's she's our saint. She's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. And uh, she teaches at Alcott Elementary, and that's where Milo and Dexter attend a playgroup. Wow. And swimming lessons. And swimming lessons. And all that fun stuff that you have <laughs> with every child. But it's nice to always do it in pairs and be able to, you know, compare notes. Absolutely. What yep, and and Amy and Dan were and Milo were our buddy walk teammates. So we yes. had a, a, a really awesome time uh, organizing our team for that. And we had a really great turnout and plan to do it again this year. Yeah, we were we're looking forward to this coming October, and uh, we were a force last year. We were. <laughs> you guys rock, man. There's power in numbers. We brought numbers, that's for sure. All right, yeah. Jason, how was your week, man? Uh, it was great. Busy, busy, crazy busy. Um, the, the dogs agree. I hear the girls. <laughs> yeah, and I'm getting calls about it as we speak as well. <laughs> these are these are real-life podcasts right here, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's summertime now, so all the windows are open, so I'm sure we'll hear some 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 neighborhood Chatter dogs as Police well. Police sirens, gunshots. Yeah, that's the that's the part. Yeah, you know, ghetto choppers flying <laughs> around. You know, it's just life in North Park. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Week was week was great. Very busy. Um, we took Eloise to see Wicked on Saturday. That was really really good show. Really awesome. Really fun time. Her first. Uh, Broadway show, so that was fun. The Dexman stayed stayed with Amy, actually Dan's wife and Milo hung out for for a couple hours. He's not much of a Broadway fan. Nah, it'd be a little scary. I think maybe I don't know. He would probably be fine, but you know, he'd, sleep he'd probably thing. get get yeah. very bored. So would I probably too, but you know, <laughs> uh, things are that quite, was pretty entertaining oh, show. Uh, th- things are quiet here. We took Luke camping this weekend. He had a good time with that. 
Nice. Uh, we, 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 we tried to get him to stay in the pack and play in the tent, and that did not work out. Uh, you know, when, when you, you put him to sleep and, and you're all hanging out on the campsite maybe next door, it's kind of hard to put your child to sleep and, and trust them to stay, <laughs> stay put. Yeah. <laughs> had a little bit of those kind of problems, but uh, it was fun. He definitely had a good time. That's cool. All right, Mark, so how old is Luke? Luke is three and a half years old. Okay. And now uh, you'll hear in my story of the week, he is now climbing out of the crib, which is a whole new phase for us. So. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Uh, we're going to deal with that. Oh, uh, that's good. Too. And, you know, we don't really get mad. It's still kind of funny. But, uh, no, he was charming everybody at the campground this weekend. We had a, we had a great time. And and, and well, walking that... in the stream until we and, until we saw the copperhead, and then we decided not to walk in the stream anymore. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, uh, our big topic of the week is advocacy. And, well, uh, so one other, oh, sorry, one other big thing from from the past week was the podcast went live on iTunes. Oh yeah, no, I got a, I got a report on that as well. Oh okay, okay, I'm jumping the gun. No, I that no, 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 I meant to do that. I'm glad you reminded okay. me. According to uh, our feed burner, we have 13 subscribers already. Wow, that's great. There are four reviews up on iTunes. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so we have three episodes up there. That's this is number four. We're gonna try for weekly, but probably make you know, two every three weeks at least. Um, we don't have a set night or anything, do we? Not yet. Yeah. Anyway, we're trying to bring other experts on, and uh, you know, in the first of our expert series, <laughs> Dan is our expert on advocacy. So wow. tell us how you got into that. Was it Milo that got you into that, or were you planning on doing that anyway? Oh, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I recently had an interview um, for an internship position with a local advocacy uh, organization. And one of the things I told the ladies was that I, I there was no way that I would be, you know, in this position had we not uh, had Milo. And actually, Jason was present. N- he did. He doesn't know this, but he was present when um, the idea of advocacy first came to me. Uh, first came to us, I should say. Um, we were taking Milo to an eye exam at the Shiley Eye Center in La Jolla, and we just happened to bump into Eloise and Jason that day because she also had an. an <laughs> there's Milo in the background. Awesome. She also had an exam. And uh, in their office, they had a flyer for a local advocacy firm, and they advertised that their advocates were trained at the Compass Center at uh, University of San Diego. So I immediately, after uh, returning home from the appointment, jumped online, looked up the program, and enrolled for the fall. And uh, so that's kind of how the ball got rolling. So how long was that program? It was very short, uh, just several months, not even uh, not even a full semester, and it was two to three nights a week, a uh, couple of weekends, and um, gave a broad overview of special education law, um, advocacy, and um, there was an opportunity for an internship at the conclusion of the of the course, and so I was lucky enough to land one of those spots that is absolutely fantastic i mean you're yeah. essentially going to be an advocate anyway and you'll have access to other resources you'll be able to help other people oh you'll yeah have, you'll have a, you know a, 
you, you have an aspect of it that uh, maybe some of the other advocates don't have. Yeah, I, I wasn't looking at this as a potential career move. I just knew that down the road we were going to be in this position with our son and we wanted to get as much information early on as we could. Um, but now it is, it's, you know, a potential career change for me. So either way, it's going to be good for our family. And my family. Kind of jealous. And <laughs> the jealous of you too, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> we plan to uh, milk every last um, ounce of energy that we can from you. Every piece of information that you get. Well, uh, s save your questions for the uh, at least for nine months. <laughs> but it's something that's just that's just so necessary because you know we we enter into this world of IEPs and IFSPs. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there's certain resources out there. We have to use them correctly. Have to understand, you know, uh, uh, what what's available versus what you want, and and come up with the best thing for our children. And we're not necessarily you kind of stumble your way through it. And if you've been trained and you have access to other people, or or even as me, if I use an advocacy group uh, to come sometimes to sit in on an IEP, which I think we've done, uh, I think it's just absolutely fantastic because it, it is a whole new world. Yeah, you know, that's that's one of the common themes that comes up with, with parents of uh, kids with special needs. Um, early on in the program, probably f the first night, we all went around class and introduced ourselves and everyone had either a child with a special need or <clears throat> was maybe in special education or law. And, uh, you know, people were just really looking for guidance. Um, in navigating the whole system, and if if you can provide that at the very least, I think you're you're doing a great service to a family. So, so you weren't the only one who had a child child with special needs that was uh, uh, that had this idea. It's, no, certainly not. But I was definitely the uh, the only parent in the room with a uh, at the time uh, an infant. Um, a, a lot of people their kids were already in elementary school or in high school and they had been dealing with years and years of frustration dealing with the the special education system so they're looking at me like wow you know i wish i would have done this when my child was exactly. was milo's age you know, when, when when we're done with this whole thing and this child moves out of my house my wife is going to get some sort of honorary degree in you know therapy or whatever because she's learned oh, so much sure. Uh, and the thing is, if you could kind of learn some of it in advance, then you could maybe use it better. So it makes yeah. perfect sense to me. Yeah, information is power. So tell us some of the stuff that they taught you. Um, the the course started off initially talking about the effect of having a child with special needs, uh, the effect on the family, and predominantly the parents in the class had children that were on the autism spectrum um, and from what I understand that can be really difficult on a family um, I think I I was the only one in class that had a child with Down syndrome or that has a child with Down syndrome um, and then it transitions into a little bit of the history of um, special education law and then the idea, I uh, what is it? The IDEA, right? And right, right. everything that goes along with that. And then you get into um, 
writing mock IEPs and doing role play and things like that. And by the end of class, you've done a IEP from start to finish. And uh, like I said earlier, I, I think that's just enough training to really know that you need more training. <laughs> well, with this internship, are they going to send you out on your own? Or are you going to travel with somebody else? Or uh, Initially, you'll shadow someone, but um, the ultimate goal is to carry a, a caseload of, of eight, eight clients. Wow. So That's, yeah, you'll, is that full time? Um, no, it's it's probably around twenty to twenty five hours a week. Twenty to twenty five hours per week, eight clients. So theoretically, you know, that's you know three three hours or so a piece. Yeah, so, and I, I get the feeling that you're going to put a lot more time into it than than what they're saying. Right. So other than, I mean, an IEP is only once a year or once every six months, I think, for for, inf- for younger kids. So, I mean, what do you do when it's not IEP, I- IFSP time? That You know, that's one of the questions that I'm going to ask early on. Um, I, I'm kind of curious about what their schedule is. If, in, if during the summertime things really drop off, um, but I think they go into a lot of community outreach and trying to cultivate new clients, and uh, so I think they're always they're always working. They may not always be doing IEPs, but they're always working. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's plenty of other stuff to to do. Yeah, there's a fair amount of community outreach that goes along with this internship. So, so uh, um, what, what's the name of this organization? It is well. Originally, it was the Compass Center at the University of San Diego, and they have recently merged with the YMCA. So now they're called the YM Compass Center at the Y. And, and this is—I um, um, may have that backwards. <laughs> um. But and, and, and this is a, uh, a, a not-for-profit organization that kind of provides yes. this advocacy kind of gratis. Is yes. that right? Um, no, it's uh, it, there's a there's a fee schedule, um, but they they have a sliding scale, and uh, you know they don't they don't turn anyone away. So if if you don't have the ability to pay, I, I don't think that you're um, you're you're not going to receive services. Right. That's totally fair. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, you want to you want to accept money from the people that have it, certainly, uh, so that the so program can support more people. But you know, exactly, but certainly never turn anyone away. Right. Awesome. So people call, and and the outreach is so that people at least know that this service exists, right? Exactly. Exactly. I, for a while, I didn't know that it existed. You know, or that I thought you'd have to pay somebody outside. Maybe there was a private firm or whatever, um, a special kind of lawyer. Maybe you know, I had no idea. Yeah, you know, um, a lawyer definitely it can come into play when when a situation goes into you know a due process hearing. Um, but I think every effort is made to avoid that. But some situations are so serious that that they go all the way into needing the services of a special ed attorney. And there were se- several special ed attorneys in the class, and one of the main faculty members is the supervising attorney 
for the uh, Education and Disability Clinic at the law school at the University of San Diego. I know that was a, a mouthful. <laughs> so, no, this is fantastic that, that, that this service exists. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, you're you're, you're going to kind of go to different things around town so that you could, I don't know, uh, um, what, 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 what sort of outreach things? You know, obviously you do the buddy walk. Uh, there, must be, there must be an equivalent for autism. Uh, special needs workshops kind of thing. Sure, sure. Anything like that. It could be um, a conference. It could be a social gathering. It could be an, or, uh, an organized event like the buddy walk. You know, it could just be setting up at a, I don't know, like a fundraising event. How about a podcast? You, you name uh, definitely could be a, a guest on a podcast. Absolutely. Dude, you're on the clock right now. You're totally on the clock. Well, I, I can't uh, I can't send you a bill just yet, so no. you're getting this gratis. And, and, and honestly, uh, you know, on the sliding scale, the uh, corporation, you know, downright awesome, doesn't have a lot to, to pay you. <laughs> Uh, but we can we can spread the word. That's what we're trying to do. I, I get paid in hugs from from Milo and Dexter, so sweet. We're good. All right, we'll have to get you over. Got yeah, a pretty the... cool T-shirt too. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is true. All right, all right, all right. Well, uh, okay. So, so you got any other questions, Jason? I have a few more, but um, I need to get them organized. Yeah. I well, so so the the primary thing that that is done is is. I mean, a, a, I guess a basic summary of what an advocate is is to work with the the person with special needs to to make sure that they get all of the resources that they're entitled to. That's exactly it. Okay. And the advocate, I, I think, has the has the information about those resources um, and also can you know represent the family to the school district when you know they're asking for more services that you know their child their student is entitled to right but the but the advocate is also kind of in the know like maybe they know that the city stretched and that there's absolutely no more speech therapy that they can do and that, you know, they can advise the person to say, hey, maybe you shouldn't ask for that because you're not going to get that. Maybe a better strategy is to say, you know, we're going to ask for more of this. And because they kind of know the lay of the land in the area, in, in that particular county or, 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 or city or whatever, that they could kind of make strategy decisions because they, they know the players involved and they know how many resources are, are, are available. Yeah, absolutely. And, and every, every case and every district is going to vary. Um, their their styles and philosophies um, so yeah a lot of times an advocate can specialize in a certain district because they know how how things are done in that district and um, they know all the main players on each side they know the service vendors they know the the administrators at the school district they know the special education teachers um, so they get really good in a certain geographic area and wouldn't they also call you if they uh, maybe they finished their IEP and they started receiving their services, but they were unhappy for some reason. Uh, you know, I thought this was going to be enough, but it's not working out. Or uh, I really wanted speech services in the home, but in this case, I got to go to the center, and my son really isn't isn't doing well with it. He's he's not reacting well at all. 
and that you know oh, yeah. they would have you kind of kind of weigh in on initiating a change. Yeah, and and that's the nice thing about an IEP. It's a living document. You know, changes can be made at any time, not just during the you know quarterly reviews or semester reviews. You know, if, if something is not going right two weeks after an IEP, you, you make it right, or you make every effort to make it right. Now, uh, how do you feel about, uh, you know, e let me see, the amount of resources that any county or city or, I guess, uh, uh, in, 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 any municipality puts towards special needs is limited. But at the same time, the IDEA specifies, you know, uh, what is it called, like a free and equivalent, you know, education, and it really shouldn't be limited to the budget. So there's this kind of constant battle going on between what they can give you and then I guess the point where you get the lawyer involved is you say well that's simply just not enough I don't care what your budget is. Is, is is that something you studied or that you think might be a problem sometimes it's it's not something that um, we talked about a whole lot but I think as you're sitting through these classes and you're you're hearing about all the the budget constraints that the states and the cities and the counties are, 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 you know, having to deal with, you know, that's a situation that's going to come up. So, um, I, I think that you need to make that decision how hard you're going to push on an individual case. I, I haven't had to deal with it yet. Um, every case is going to be different, so. You know, I, I, I think in a situation where you know a child is not getting nearly what they're entitled to and you know that these services are going to help this child thrive, you got to push for them. Right, but in, in some but, cases it's like squeezing a balloon. If you're, if you're squeaky and you push for your child, there might be some other parent who doesn't have an advocate or maybe, I, I don't know, just isn't really pushing as hard. And that's just going to come out of that other child's budget, and he's not going to get the services. And that sometimes makes me feel bad. Well, you wouldn't be a compassionate human being if it didn't make you feel bad. But it would, it would make you feel worse, I think, as a parent, if you didn't push for everything that your child, uh, right. and that you knew your child needed to succeed. Right, so there's priority levels. Obviously, you know, it sounds awful, but it's, you know, it's my child first. Uh, you know, you and Jason second, and then everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the unique situation, I think, will be when you run up across a parent who is pushing so hard for things that their child probably doesn't need and that are so far over the top, and you have to, to rein that parent in. You, you probably couldn't even represent a parent like that, um, someone who just maybe can't be pleased. Right, um, right. So, and right. I'm sure that situation will present itself as well. And, and I guess if the county just isn't providing enough overall service, that's probably where the lawyers get involved. And they say, you know, the law doesn't say up to the county's budget, it says you right. will provide. Right, exactly. Um, so, so to me, that's... That's an issue too. Uh, you know, I like to I like to push for advocacy uh, nationwide just for that purpose. You know, so more people know about it as a problem, people accept it, and honestly, so that it gets a greater slice of the budget when things come around. Yeah, exactly. 
and you would hope that that's going to happen. Um, I had another question, but I can't think of what it was. Anyway, Jason, you got anything? Anything else? Um, I don't think so. No, it's, that was that was very enlightening. I sort of was pretty ignorant on this topic. I haven't used one. I didn't know they existed. Yeah, no, it sounds like a great resource, and and it sounds like you know everyone everyone should have one. Yeah, I think I think a lot of parents don't realize that this service is available to them. Um, and it's it's and if they do, you know, maybe their family budgets they think they they can't afford it or whatnot. But organizations like the Compass Center make it affordable. So to be honest, I've been, just, ver- I've been just, very happy with the with the resources available, you know, uh, to my son that this happened. You know, it's 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 amazing all of the, all of the stuff that he that he gets. Uh, and I thought a lot of it I was going to have to pay for myself, and I don't. And I don't live in a very progressive county. Uh, you know, my wife gets on those different those different blogs or whatnot, and uh, she says, "Well, you know, such and such in Omaha is getting speech three times a week, and we only get it for half an hour, and we have to go to the place." And it's tough to compare and contrast. Uh, you know, different different areas of the country are definitely different in in the in the amount of money that they have. And I don't oh, and, live in and, a rich area. And also, just you know, when you come into the system in your own city or county, you know, because you hear of you hear of other people that uh, their child is a few years older than ours, and and they're getting a, a lot more services uh, paid for than what we are. But that's not to say that Milo isn't getting some pretty great services now. So right, they're all they're, 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 it's always uh, oh the grass always greener on the other side of the county line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm a firm believer in you know all of this uh, therapy and the uh, uh, early intervention and whatnot. But I'm I'm also a big believer that those services are train the parents so that they can do things with the child. So you know, I'm with I'm I'm with my son night times, but you know, my wife's with him all day, and it's really what we do with him. I think that's almost way more important than what the therapist does when they get there. I think when the therapist gets there, they're there to train you how to do things, how to talk to them, how to feed them, whatever, in such a way that you'll use those techniques all through the week or yeah. through the month or whatever. Um, and, and, and that way your, your, your child gets more services. So some people seem to think that the person's going to come, they're going to do the hands-on therapy, and then I'm done for the week because, you know, they did it. It's not like that at all. <laughs> no, that point was driven home and continues to be driven home um, by just about every professional that that we encounter, so it's it's hard on a daily basis. I, and I understand that you know if you're a mother and uh, you know we have three children and you know my wife is home, it's hard to make time for that stuff. But a therapy session is a blocked out piece of time, so there definitely should be some good therapy that occurs then. But it's really you have to find the time the rest of the day, and you know in times when you're busy, whatever, when you're feeding your child to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have him do it. You know, or I'm going to follow this technique that the therapist taught. Right. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much everything, you kind of try to morph every little task around some sort of development. Yeah. You got to work everything. Even eating, you know, yeah. uh, any, any TV that they watch, any books that they read, just talking to them. Play is always built around some sort of a skill that you're working on. It never ends. <laughs> 
It's not bad. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. Except sometimes I think, you know, this poor child. You know, just let him hang out. <laughs> but no, I don't want that either. You know, it, it, this this first five years of his life, seven years of his life. You know, every child is a sponge during that period, and I think you have to use that time very wisely to to you know increase your child's uh, to the to the extent of their of their capabilities to the absolute greatest extent possible. Well, and as long as they're doing it with a smile on their face, then you know it's not, you know, they're enjoying it. Um, sure, most of it's fun. You know, Milo's physical therapist came over today, and, and she had him climbing upstairs and cruising around the living room, and he was smiling the whole time. And once he stopped smiling, it was time to quit. Right. It, do, it does get a little harder when they get a little bit more vocal. You know, Luke. Luke can definitely figure out when you're trying to do something that is therapy related. He's instantly, <laughs> not interested. You, know, you put the iPad in front of him, and you direct it to the app that you want to play, and he's 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 not interested. You let him pick what he wants to play, and he's like, iPad, iPad, iPad. Yeah, it's he's <laughs> he's so clearly we have figured it out. To. Hey, Dan, I, I remembered what I was going to ask you. It was something we were talking okay. about before the show. It was about the fact that you are a man. And daddies of the world represent. Here we are doing our own podcast, mm-hmm. and that it's this is a field that's not commonly uh, doesn't have that many men in it. No, uh, as a matter of fact, um, the ladies that interviewed me mentioned that they had never had a male intern, and I think this time around they they took two of us. How does your wife feel about this? Because you're obviously in it just to meet the chicks. <laughs> you're like, ooh, this is gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, I, I've deliberately chosen a field with you know nothing, nothing but women. Um, no, she hasn't so far. It was far fetched enough that even because I don't know you, Dan, I felt that I could that I could make funny in that way. <laughs> she's just shaking her head in the background. Uh, but no, seriously, I you know we were talking before. I think that's going to be an asset, particularly with with uh, with boy children. Well, I'm a, I'm a pretty as Jason can. Uh, can confirm I'm, I'm pretty manly manly man right jason <laughs> absolutely no but i think that uh, uh well translation I, I, chick magnet that's right that's right well you know that's uh, uh anyway i won't go there <laughs> <laughs> and i know my son when he goes to the church and we have a, we had a lot of problem when we go to church he stays at the little nursery at the church and he hates it and this was a precursor to him going to, to preschool. We knew it was going to be awful or whatever. We noticed a trend. When there was a man in there, he was way better than when it was all women. He had somebody to play with. And there's a certain tone of voice that men can use that can kind of get, you know, obviously you, you, you got you to be careful, but can, can, can get a child on track that I'm not sure that a, that a woman could pull off. I don't get myself in trouble there. I mean, obviously, there's, there's, there's some of each. But I, I think that you will add needed diversity to that group. I hope so. Yeah, right, I agree. All right. And yeah. you represent. Go dads. Go dads. Go dads. Or the downright awesome dads. So I thought of another um, thing. Hey, Mark, so did you have you lived in Richmond the whole time that you've had Luke? Yes, I have. Yeah, because so I, I think moving with a child with special needs to a new area where everything is is different all the laws and all that stuff would probably be a prime time to to enlist the help of a special needs advocate for Uh, sure i think they'd be your best asset 
if you ever had to do that it's probably not an ideal situation but you know sometimes moves happen and this is going to sound awful but we've actually considered moving specifically because specifically to an area with better services i think that's fairly common mark yeah families that can relocate uh, will choose to you know, or at least consider it right you know, we're close to a county line and the uh, service is the next county over, which is even further away from my office, but, you know, it's, it's <laughs> still within reach. Uh, it's a possibility. It would mean my other children have to change schools, which is obviously the detractor. But yeah, my yeah, wife and I have considered that. Tough. But if we did, I think calling an advocate would be a great idea. Is there is there some sort of, a um, like, an association, like uh, kind of a national association, so you could find uh, an advocate in your area? Uh, as far as I know, there is not. Okay, um, so but I think a a quick Google search would bring up plenty of information. I'm sure my wife and, already knows, and, and, and while she's listening to this, she's going to be going, Mark, I told you about this. It's these people. And then I came across a, a free magazine. Um, not exactly sure where I got it. Maybe the doctor's office, and it's called Fam- uh, San Diego Family. And it just has an alphabetical list of all the different um, therapists, advocates, uh, you name it. Uh, if your child has a special need, there is you know someone in this magazine that you can contact. Um, this, so you probably have something like that in your area. Jason, this is something that you and I probably should have enlisted uh, in our uh, um, resources discussion. That it, 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 at least that these services are out there, and that you know maybe how to go about looking for them. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure my wife does know you know where they are here in uh, in, in Richmond, and we either have or uh, have considered using them. So, uh, I, I I think we're good with that. My my wife is very very active. She's one of those you know make sure she understands the law. She actually has a copy of the IDEA and has read it. Uh, wow! Wow! So you know she has it highlighted, uh, and she's brought it to uh, um, uh, 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 IFSPs or IEPs. Every time we go, she brings a picture of Luke and sets him at sets it at the head of the table so everybody knows who they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's read up on the techniques necessary to get what you hope for, and she will discuss with the different people she knows in advance what she thinks is likely and what isn't, and she goes in with a strategy. Good for her. Um, I, I think she's she's got a you know a, a budding career ahead of her as an advocate. <laughs> and she brings me in, and she tells me to look stern. She goes, "Don't say anything, but just look stern." <laughs> uh, we all have our role. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's not my natural look, to be honest. Anyway. It all seems right, Jason, like it would be hard for you to not say anything as well. It is. It is hard. And then sometimes I'll say something and she'll be like, Mark, that's part of the, you know, uh, that other part. And I and I, I do have to be careful not to be <laughs> in. Until I, and, 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 and it's not like I just show up. We do usually go over it the night before. But I get the I get the debrief and she goes through the thing entirely. Uh, she does a fantastic job. No doubt. Yay, right, moms. Guys. Yeah. Absolutely. I second that. Yay, moms. <laughs> Yay, moms. Let's talk about how great moms are. They're like an advocate in your own home. Um, all right, Dan, so what we want to do is we want to maybe, maybe give you six months at doing this and have you come back and you can tell all sorts of stories. 
You got it. I'll bet you're going to meet all kinds of people. You know, some people are easy to help. Some people you're like, God, do I got to go over there again? You know, all sorts of funny stories. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I think you'll do a lot of good, man. I think it's a fantastic thing. I hope so. Thanks for the, the vote of confidence. Oh, man. You can totally do it. Absolutely. <laughs> Have your son teach you how to do it. All right. Well, I, I you know, as long as I remember who I'm doing it for, then... Uh, should yeah. should be fine. Leave his picture at the head of the table as, as weird as that sounds. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, I was going to do our amazing story of the week. And our amazing story of the week is about uh, um, Tim Harris. And there was a little, uh, we'll put a link on the website. Uh, there was a little uh, CBS Evening News video about it. It was on Father's Day, to make sense of that. And uh, uh, Tim run, Tim Harris runs his own restaurant. It's called Tim's Place. You know, obviously, he is a child with Down syndrome. His dad helps him out quite a bit. They actually look quite a bit alike in the video. It's very cute. Uh, and, yeah, he greets everybody at the door. Uh, I believe one of his younger brothers actually works for him, which is, which was kind of funny in the video. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the part that I liked the most was the hug meter on the wall. You can actually order a free hug from Tim. It's on the menu. That's awesome. And on the wall, it's got like a. So I, don't, I, I wonder how he counts it. You know, maybe he's got like a little ticker in his pocket or something. Uh, but it was up to you know a fairly high number of hugs. Was, yeah, uh, that was really a really good story. I had seen that. I think he was in uh, People magazine too, maybe a couple weeks ago, prior to the CBS News thing too. Yeah, I'd seen that somewhere as yeah. well. Yeah, that's a really good story. Very very uplifting. Yeah. Where? Uh, what city? Uh, or I town? think it's in Albu Albuquerque. Yeah, Albuquerque. Okay. I wonder what kind of restaurant it was. I would go there. But, you know, you hear these stories and you wonder, oh, you know, how much help does he have? Does somebody help with his finances, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, Tim was in the video and he was really with it. I mean, he seemed to, yeah. he seemed to totally get it. So uh, I, was, I was really proud and impressed. These kinds of things always kind of raise my horizons. And, and my expectations and you know it, the, the overlying theme of all of these inspirational stories is don't lower your expectations at all yeah yeah it was great yeah he was you know I think they said in the video that there was a there's a manager for the restaurant but he you know he was he was the host and like greeting everyone sitting everyone delivering drinks and stuff and and um, you know just doing all sorts of stuff around around the the restaurant he gave so. it its personality yeah no, absolutely fantastic. the family feel is what they is what they were yeah talking about you can see the people going in and out I can see something like that being totally talked about well next year when, when we do the Ram guys uh, <laughs> we can swing through Albuquerque what's the Ram is this something is this what you were telling me about Jason the bike ride yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure out how to work that in there. Oh, work it in. What's it all about? Done. So, Done for you. Yeah, that was perfect, actually. Good segue. Make this guy a regular. <laughs> so what is it, man? Tell me about it. Uh, well, so the it's, it's called the RAM, R-A-A-M. It's the Race Across America. And it's a bicycle race um, that goes from Oceanside, which is here in northern San Diego County, to Annapolis, Maryland, through you know the desert and the Rockies and the plains and the Appalachian Mountains and 
across the Mississippi River, you know, all, all, all across America, 2,993.24 miles. Wow. You, you realize uh, uh, Annapolis is not on the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> Chesapeake Bay, you know, close. it's close enough. There's Come that on. whole... There's <laughs> There's that whole Delmarva Peninsula out there. That's where that's, that's where my brother lives. That's where Matt I know, lives. yeah, Matt might take exception. So they get all the way to there and they'll say, Oh, we went all the way across America and he'll be like, What? This is where I live. They should go all the way to if they're going from Oceanside, they should go all the way to Ocean City, Maryland, which is probably only oh, another forty miles. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Annapolis would be the major city, I guess, close to the end. Yeah. So and this is a fundraiser kind of a thing? Well, so this is no, it's just a bike race. Um, um, we were introduced to it through um, the uh, connection at the UC uh, SD, UC San Diego um, Down Syndrome Center. Um, our connection there was um, looking for people to looking for a group to organize a bunch of people to go to the the start. Um, to cheer on a team of two brothers who are called Team Extreme, and the brothers' names are Mark and Patrick LeBlond. And these two brothers are were riding to raise money and awareness uh, for the Lejeune Foundation. That's right. Um, which is a research, care, and advocacy group. Um, that is based in in uh, in France, but they, they just opened a U.S. chapter um, relatively recently, and so we we rallied some troops and went up to the to the start, met the president of the Lejeune Foundation, got some T-shirts. Um, Met all the people on the team and the brothers. Got to got to hang out. Slapped a couple downright awesome stickers on the on their Rav Four and their RV as they that they took across the country. Gave them a couple T-shirts. You know, hung out and and then went to the starting line and cheered like crazy when they when they went on this this amazing journey. Okay, I'm, I'm, I missed a few key facts. This is a bicycle race, right? Bicycle race, yeah. So, so, they, so, so, the, so, so the Rav Four is like the chase car. Yeah, the Rav Four, and they have an RV too. So there's there was probably maybe 10, 10 team members total, um, but only two two riders. So oh, there so they, they had hot their switch. aunt, so I think, have... was a doctor, and she was on, and and the one of the wives, I think Mark, maybe it was Mark, was a uh, relatively newlywed, and his wife was. Uh, on the team and their dad and mom and and i think their brother just a you know a bunch of family supporting them and riding across country you know f keeping them entertained and blasting music and fixing food and drinks and managing the change the changeovers and all kinds of stuff and so they rode this you know almost three thousand miles in in only eight days and 20 hours and 18 minutes Oh, so they're already done. They're done. Yeah, they started on on the sixteenth, I think, and they finished just on Monday, I believe. Monday. So we missed them. I should have gone out there. Yeah, we should have had Matt doing a report on location. We should have. <sighs> Sorry, man. I must have let it. Somehow it's my fault. I'm sure. 
I must have let it slip. You mentioned it a while back. I just I didn't really get my arms around what it was, but it sounds fantastic. That sounds like something that would just be, you know, life changing and awesome to do. It, it's it's pretty incredible. So how many miles did each person have to ride? They had let me see, I could do the math, I suppose. They had ten if they had ten team members, they each one essentially did one fifth of the distance, likely. No, no, so only two the only two riders. Right. Only two people were riding bikes. So the and other the rest team of the members team was in, in support. The rest ah. of the team was yeah, driving the RV, driving the Rav Four, you know, making food. So navigating eight days. And How many miles a day miles is that? Uh, I think it was about three fifty, is what they, what they were saying. Jeez, that is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, more power yeah. to them. Fantastic. <laughs> and so they, so the 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 race itself, there, there's there are um, solo riders too. I think there was, I think there was. 45 solo riders and 49 teams and i think maybe maybe 30 of the 45 solo riders finished and i think all but one of the teams finished i think there were only there were only a couple of two person teams there were quite a few four person and eight person teams all right, i got the i got the website open now what was the name of the team team extreme how do i look this up i guess i'll look up for there's like a results tab up there. Yeah, there's some cool stuff on the website. Uh, we can post it. Um, and there's you know maps and things of the of all the different time stops. But basically, the the two person team kind of their their thing was they they switched off every hour. I believe they did a switch over, and then at night I think they they went maybe three hours. Her turn, so they got a little bit more of an extended rest. That's amazing. That yeah, it's amazing. pretty impressive. Alrighty. Well, um, you want to do uh, moments? Sure. We say, Dan. You know, you know what this is all about. This is kind of like our awe moment of the week. Um, I think I read a little bit of something about that. Right. Right. You got yours, Jason. You want to show them what we're talking about? Um, I have, yeah, I have some general ones. Well, my, my, my moments, I, I don't know if I, I don't know what the rules, like if I have to be there for the moment. We but, make the rules, man. We make the rules. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yesterday, so Dexter's, um, babysitter, we've done this a couple times, but it's never amounted to anything. But Dexter's babysitter basically was, you know, was getting the hint that, that Dexter had to, had to poop. And so she asked him, and he does the sign for poop. So she asked him a couple times, and then finally he did the sign for poop. And so she, she you know, stripped him down and sat him on the potty, and, and he pooped on the potty yesterday. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. Yeah. It was what a superstar. Pretty awesome. I was not present for the occasion but uh you know i was very excited to receive that that in, that news that's fantastic so, yeah it's pretty it's pretty great i have a cell phone shot of the first poop in the potty that i that i texted <laughs> to my wife like, so oh. she could get the picture of him what happened know? oh everybody still nope. there i'm here Dan, i'm here there? Okay. yeah i'm sorry guys the cat jumped on the uh desk and <clears throat> <laughs> we, had a, we had a cable a cable malfunction. Oh, that's quite all right. 
He just that's his cat wants to be famous. It's sending signals to other cats across America. Poor cat, he's just starved for attention since Milo came came around. <laughs> so so potty training already, dude. That's kind of incredible. Well, yeah, I mean it's you know just uh, getting the feeling for it and and getting him used to it, you know. Wow, dude, so. that is that is all right. It, 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 honestly, and and we've been bad at it. The sooner you can get that done, the better. I mean, it just pays for itself forever. Yeah. Cost of diapers, landfill I space. Despise diapers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're not. We're, we we are not really even close to being done. And Luke's three and a half, so you could you could definitely peg the meter on that whole thing. It's it's a long process because honestly, getting his physically getting his pants down is not so he's not so good at. So. Yeah. I make him do it, but it takes like ten minutes. It's so frustrating. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that is uh, that is a step in the right direction, dude. That's fantastic. Yeah, did you make a big a high fuss? five for me. That's that's pretty amazing. I will. Yeah, he's yeah. She sent a picture of him today uh, sitting on the potty, and it's just so cute. I can picture the next play date. You know, him and Milo are gonna be hanging out. He's gonna be like, "Oh, did you hear? I pooped in the potty." <laughs> he's, he's gonna have to teach Milo how to uh, suck from a straw uh-huh. and to use the use the toilet. You know, I'll bet later in life that that is a fantastic motivator. Oh, your friend such and such can do it. I remember yeah, when my, with, with it my probably older son, is. T- t- telling him that his friend had uh, read the Harry Potter. So he was like, it was like later that day he had to start the Harry Potter. <laughs> so I think that's a that's a good motivator. That's awesome. Anytime one yeah, gets ahead, they can drag the other one along. All right, man. Well, uh, uh, mine is, uh, like I said, uh, Luke climbed out of the crib. Uh, you know, he's three and a half. He's, he's been getting taller. Um, I, I think he's been capable for a while, but he's a very, very careful stepper. Like, he doesn't fall He doesn't fall much. When he goes down the stairs, he you know, he goes he goes really slow, and uh, I, I think he easily could have done it. But uh, he climbs over to the changing table and then down from there. And then my wife put up a gate for him, but, you know, having gotten out of the crib, the gate was really no problem. Um, so this morning, you know, I'm kind of bustling around, waking up my daughter to go to science camp. And uh, Luke comes walking out goes, hi, Daddy. <laughs> like, hi, Luke. It's time to baby-proof your room, isn't it? <laughs> I need to make sure that changing table is attached to that wall. Or he's going to pull it down. Anyway, no, it was a big thing. Uh, he, like I said, he did it in the tent while we were camping as well, and uh, he's proud of himself. And he says, "Climbing, climbing, I'm climbing." <laughs> <laughs> and he's so like nonchalant adorable. about. It. He just kind of does his little hand wave and says, "Hi, Daddy. Hi, Mom." <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's no big thing for him. Yeah, forget about it. All right, Dan. What do you say? Okay, man? so yeah, it's my turn. There's no pressure. Um. Nothing huge this week to report, but um, <clears throat> along the same lines of climbing, uh, Milo's been climbing up and down the sofa for a few weeks now and getting damn good at it. And he's cruising around the living room. Um, but our bed is considerably higher than the sofa. And he, my wife said he did it, and I'd not seen him do it, but. We were both in the bedroom, and he shimmied his little self to the edge of the bed, threw his legs over like he does the sofa, and once his little feet touched the floor, 
he stood up and he was off the bed and that was well, it's pretty cute. It was one of the cutest things we've seen because he starts laughing when he does it. <laughs> Just laughing so, for the um, sheer joy of the of Yeah, he's, the he's very proud of himself. That's fantastic. I love those moments. That's good. Yeah, I was I was very impressed with uh, Milo's um, floating around when when we got home from from the show, and he and Dex were playing. That's what that's what Milo needs to teach Dex, man. Yeah, the the race is on, so. Each uh, each boy has has their uh, strong skills, and hopefully they'll they'll learn from each other. <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, that's something about uh, having older children. You know, Dex has Eloise. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I Most of the time. <laughs> I definitely think there's some of that. You know. Yeah, when she's not, you know, tackling him and <laughs> doing all sorts of things and toughening him up. Yeah, I guess so. That's yeah, that's what she'll tell you. It's all for some good. I do it for him, Daddy. She just likes to be the center of attention at all times. All right. All right. Well, well she's uh, a little star in the making, so. Yeah. That's a girl thing, I think. I don't know. Likes to be in this spotlight. My daughter definitely likes to be in the spotlight. I, I don't know about you guys, but my wife just handed me a beer. Oh, I've. That's I, awesome. I had to open one under the table so you couldn't hear the uh All right. the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Skype should add a little, it, um, a little icon where we could cheer each other. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, in the, in, in the Skype <laughs> chat, we'll have to have a, you know, every time you say, um, you have to drink or something like that. And, and, and the other thing is, to the benefit of our listeners, it limits the length of the podcast because, you know, eventually you have to go to the bathroom and... And you, to, you finally have to end things just to, you know, just to reach the facilities. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, Dan, you're, you're, you're promising you'll come back and tell us how it all went? Of course. You know, even if something comes up, you know, that... Cross uh, my heart. That you, that you see, you know, immediately or you have a great story or something, you know, send it in or whatever uh, to help us out. And uh, so we want to plug uh, downrightawesome.com. And downright awesome slash DSR is where all of our uh, information is. Is that correct, uh, Papa Jason? That is correct. I loved your nickname, by the way. <laughs> it took me a second to figure out what it was. Then I was like, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, uh, I sort of uh, stole it from a, from one of my friends in high from forever. She was my really good friend. And she always called her dad was Daddy Joe, or that's what his her dad always referred to himself as was Daddy Joe, and so I sort of stole that from, uh, and and popified it and made it my own. So it's the sincerest form of flattery, man. Yeah. So that's where things are. We are now on iTunes. Please look for us uh, under Down Syndrome Radio. I noticed if you search just the words Down Syndrome, uh, there's only two three podcasts listed. Uh, ours is the only one truly dedicated to Down Syndrome. So there you go. Nah 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 nah. Uh, <laughs> I, I also posted the uh, like the lyrics and whatnot to the actual to the ain't seen nothing yet song, with the plan of of no longer playing that at the end. But what do you say, Jason? You want to play that or? Uh, you know, I mean, I like it. I, I forget what I said, but uh, you know, I think it's just got a the lyrics have a really good message. I think you know maybe maybe you're not too happy with your. Uh, Recording, but um, we need a famous guitarist to come on. You know, we need like your Jimmy Page or somebody to come on, and, uh, and then they could, 
they could play it for us. We need Bachman Turner Overdrive to come on the show, and then they could record us a better one. Let's do it. Sometime. Sometime. <laughs> Sometime well, I'll have the, to call on a the, few favorites for the, that one. In the far, far future. Uh, all righty. Well, there you go. So uh, episode five, uh, hopefully in another week or so. And then, uh, you know, have a great week. Everybody ready? You too. Take care. You'd think I would have the song cued, wouldn't you? Hang on. Here you <laughs> Guys, thanks for having me on. Appreciate uh, Dan, it. Dan, it's been and, an absolute, uh, absolute pleasure. We'll be in touch. Oh, he stole my heart away. The doctor said he had Down syndrome. <laughs> that God created him that way. Oh, I thought his future would be limited. I was as wrong as I could get, as wrong as I could get. Ooh, and he looked at me with those big brown eyes and said, You ain't seen nothing yet. Daddy, you just ain't seen nothing yet. I'm someone <laughs> no one ever will forget. Daddy, you just ain't seen nothing yet. And now I'm feeling better. Cause we figured out the cure He needs some extra working with Oh, and some therapy for sure Oh, it turned out a few extras Was all that it would take All that it would take Ooh Look at me big brown eyes And said you ain't seen nothing yet Daddy, you just ain't seen nothing yet. I'm someone no one ever will forget. Daddy, you just ain't seen nothing yet. All right, gentlemen, have a great week. You Good too. Night, guys.